social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401 885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, Good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359, and in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It is our friend, Justin Katz. Justin, let's start off. This was a uh, story that, um, <clears throat> while Governor McKee certainly seemed reeling from it, it was it was just so odd. And I, I think it's one of those things that um, is not the fact that it was making a change, it's the nature of how it went, but just to remind people it was last wednesday governor had a covid briefing it was wednesday morning which i thought was odd since it was 10 30 they never have briefings uh, in the morning but anyhow so they have the briefing and then uh and then thursday morning not only was the white house announcing that on thursday the, on thursday night i should say wednesday night the white house announced they were going to announce six dates that they were sending federal disaster emergency relief teams Rhode Island's on the list, only state in New England. Uh, we've been hearing for weeks now, if not months, that our local health care system was basically collapsing. And then Thursday morning, there it was, a, uh, a, a letter of resignation from Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott. There's some different facets to it. Uh, again, I, I want people to understand, I, I don't think it's the worst thing for the state. I think it's the way it was handled, that it went on this long. Uh, Governor McKee really seemed to be struggling with it on Thursday and no events. Uh, and then I'm sure he's hoping that in the course of a three day weekend with the holiday weekend, Martin Luther King, it'll kind of die down a little bit. But let's take it apart. Your first reaction to Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, head of the Rhode Island Department of Health, uh, offering her resignation is let's face it, we are we are like neck deep right into the pandemic again. Yeah, we are. I, you know, I, I, in large part, I agree with your your assessment that you you've said before recently that, you know, McKee should have addressed her position sooner. You know, there's there's a lot of, it, very early on, he could have replaced her. You know, given the whole COVID initiative, a a new face put it made it feel like it's a new phase, but he held on to her because she's somewhat popular. But I have to say, you know, coming across the Hague geographies. Just the pure adoration of her among the journalists, yeah, gave me a real appreciation for the difficulty he must have, he would have faced yes. to get rid of her. And it, it it has just seemed, I don't know, I I'm pretty cynical about the news media, but it has just gone beyond anything. I I don't know how you can possibly hold government officials accountable in this yep. kind of atmosphere and it's it's just crazy i mean the boston right. globe uh dan mcgowan was the first out with one of these these glowing articles he called her the, the conscience of rhode island which <laughs> you know like high geography to remind readers that that's what they used to call it when you would write it, the lives of the saints you know when, you, when you're writing about catholic saints you, you call it a high geography that's what this is the conscience of rhode island and just but in the same in the same span of time, the Boston Globe's also publishing articles about how Rhode Island Hospital is falling apart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just the whole thing's collapsing. And and you're right. They're they're trying to blame it on unvaccinated, but even even the news media can't do that. Even they have to back go back in time and say, you know what, there were a lot of problems before COVID. Well, you know what, that's partly the director of health, and that was 
Alexander Scott. So Absolutely. I'm, not saying, yes. I'm not saying it's her fault entirely, but isn't that a footnote? Isn't that, you know, mixed reviews? She's leaving at a time when she's done a good job with press conferences, but the hospitals are falling apart. I mean, isn't that worth a mention? No, not at all. It's just, she was so good. What are we going to do without her? And it's just, it's, it's very disturbing to me. And I, I wonder if it's because she's part of the club or, or maybe because they psychologically she made them feel safer somehow that she was there this constant presence and now she's gone it's it's almost like i don't know if you a child loses a, a a stuffed animal they go to sleep with or something i don't i don't know but it's it's very it's it's very disturbing because i don't know how you hold government officials accountable and, it, and especially in rhode island where you know it's almost like if the rules are you in, in order to be able to hold them accountable well we're yes. out of those so so now we've got entirely a a an insider click of people who all agree with each other on everything substantial especially now they've gotten rid of mattiello as the speaker of the house who was about as conservative as he got in rhode island government a couple of years ago and now now there's nobody for them to blame it's all just it's all just i don't know wishful thinking and you know, as if as if covid and hospitals falling apart is just fate oh well she did her best against tough circumstances or something like that it's just it, that is to me is the most worrying part of the whole episode well let's examine that a little bit because i think you're right and i think it's it's several things i think it's identity politics i think it's the party gina ramundo held her up I'll, I'll come right out and say it. Gina Raimondo held her up, Dr. Scott, who, you know, I had never heard of her. I did not Dr. Fine, who's the head of the health department. But before the pandemic really burst out in the open, end of February, early March of 20, I, I didn't know who Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott was. It was just one of those positions. I, <clears throat> I didn't really pay attention to it. But there was definitely this element of look how great we are here in Rhode Island with this diversity. And I go back to, and you remember it, the cheering on, uh, Ramundo, the ultimate gender warrior. Look how great this is on the stage. It's the female governor. It's the woman of color, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. It's the Latina who's the education commissioner. At one point, they had Janet Coit up there. You know, you had Margie O'Brien asking the questions. I'm sitting there at the vets, and some of the female reporters would be clapping, like, look how great this is. It didn't matter what they were doing, whether it made sense successful. The win many was like look how great what a diverse wonderful city we is we don't have some old stodgy white guy doctor we have dr quillella scott is in scott this woman who's this person of color and and the long braids and the hair so i think it kind of fits justin the narrative of you know no one bothered to think gee is kamala harris really up to the job is sabina matos they're so busy celebrating the identity of it or just how it looks or isn't this fantastic, another ceiling broken, where then when it gets into wave, we have some questions. I agree with you. I think McKee was in a little bit of a bind. Um, Ramundo definitely put her on a pedestal. I've been saying for a long time, I, I thought she was very ineffective. To me, Dr. Scott never got better with the media. Uh, she was an activist from attending the Black Lives Matter protests and so forth. And then you remember my line of the one female reporter television saying it's just me and dr scott holding it down amongst the sea of men and and she she was and they use words like ridiculous rock star and so forth justin what you said whether it's governor mckee or dr scott the idea to put in the mandate october 1st was clearly a flawed idea never mind then they were bringing back people that had covid um rhode island hospital falls on her you're the head of the department of health if there, if there wasn't proper test if all that stuff wasn't worked out, I, either, he's, either Governor McKee's fault or her fault. But someone's got to be held accountable with this whole thing. And, 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 and that's why I think I've heard it was like a, a collective sigh of relief at the hospitals and the lungs. A lot of people, if you talk to any doctor, they were second guessing a lot of her decisions. Yeah, well, you know, if, if if we want to hold him accountable, maybe McKee should go find himself an old white Republican to be the because <laughs> because then the media then will really will be sure. Held accountable. But but you raise a, you you raise a great point though. I mean, even right now we're reaching the point where, frankly, the the government's the state government's entire approach 
is falling apart and coming into question because they can't manage it. So we we have things like you know testing mandates or or masks for students and this and that and the other thing, which is all you know I don't agree with it, but it's one thing if the government is right there. You need a test, you go get it, you get your results, you go back to school. You need masks, we've got them, they're everywhere. You need take-home tests, we've got them, no problem. That's all falling apart. And maybe it's you know supply chains and all that stuff, but then you got to get rid of the mandates because that's part of the deal. But the whole thing, that whole edifice is falling apart right now. So it's you know before there was some chatter about why and motives and all that, and of course the media is going to blame McKee for the breakup. You know, it was it, it really should have been almost a coin toss whether mckee just said you know what this is falling apart you're fired or of course now we know he doesn't have the spine for that kind of thing but uh you know either that or her getting offended maybe wanting looking to gina raimondo in washington saying hey can you get me a job down there who knows what that what's going on there but the idea that it's not even a question that we're not even it's it's not even hmm, maybe she was fired because things aren't going well that wasn't no nobody's it's not even like a a possibility in anybody's mind it's it's it just shows you how how poorly served we, we are in rhode island right now because there's there's just no no access to real information nobody's really digging to understand how things work on our behalf because they're all on the same team they're all they're all either yeah the you go girl kind of reporters or the guys in the the newsroom just kind of sitting back going okay you know you go do your thing i'm not going to say anything about this woman of color i just i we're we're in a we're in a bad situation politically and with media in rhode island and right in the middle of a pandemic when it's really critical with health and with civil rights uh, it's, it's just not good timing for that to be the case, but it is. It's not. And, and it really, you know, I'm glad you said that. It really showed itself in this because it was universal across the board. Like, how could this be done? How she is unbelievable. You couldn't find anything negative. It was just, you know, there was tension between her and the governor. I've been saying for a while, I thought her whole equity approach, everything is equity. Everyone is treated the same. I think that's a failed policy. Justin, I'll also uh, share with you, and again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. You know, she'd be there also at these press briefings where Governor McKee, in my mind, and I still say this, he sounds ridiculous with this Rhode Island is number one in testing. Well, that that's part of the problem because, for instance, in Florida, they will only – there they call it their, their Surgeon General, but it's the same thing, Department of Health head. Governor DeSantis, in Florida, they will only test you. If you're showing symptoms, if you show symptoms of it, Rhode Island, this business of we're number one in the amount of testing we're doing, as Governor McKee will say, well, the reason that's problematic is, number one, people who are sick can't get an appointment. And then number two, that's why the lab is popped up so much. So what we're learning is you don't just keep testing everyone. You, you test people that possibly have it. You don't need to test asymptomatic individuals. Because even if you're vaccinated, you could spread COVID. Like, they don't even realize how flawed it is. But I I thought it was very telling also, just the politics of it. I think Governor McKee, I think they were, the reason they did the Wednesday is because at the morning, they they thought possibly that the Biden administration were going to announce, you know, Rhode Island was getting this. And then he didn't want to have to be there to answer a lot of questions, which he, he wasn't available after that to answer questions. But I, these are my words. I want everyone listening to understand this. There's no other way to look at it, but it is a failure that Rhode Island is the only state in New England that the Biden people have to send in this emergency medical disaster relief. That, that falls, obviously, ultimately, on Governor McKee, but that falls on Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott. Connecticut, they're not sending them. Massachusetts, they're not. New Hampshire. Rhode Island is amongst New York, New Jersey, for some reason, New Mexico, but then also Ohio and Michigan. They're much, much larger states than obviously New York and New Jersey have so much more people. That is, and, and Justin, there's nowhere, I, de- I defy you to find an article for me that in any way hints that the fact that Biden is doing that is a failure on behalf of the of Dr. Scott and the Rhode Island Department of Health in their strategy. Well, not not don't even don't end there. I mean, it goes back to Gina Raimondo and and potentially even before her. I mean, to Chafee and and so on. I mean, we our health system as, as they're starting to admit it was in a very bad precarious position going into COVID. That's everything in Rhode Island, which is one reason I'm worried that the the nursing shortage and all the problems yeah. with healthcare is really just kind of the first, and we're just going to see pillar after pillar falling in the years to come as one one thing knocks over 
public safety and another thing knocks over tourism and another thing knocks over whatever else. I think we're going to start to see that because it's just been so poorly run. And that's what that's what the news media ultimately is hiding with all this. And, I, you know, whether whether they're true believers on the identity politics or not, it's 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 just a convenient way not to talk about the problems that you're you're actually having. Look how great it is, the color of their skin. You don't have to look how bad it is, the job they're doing. Yeah, uh, that's I think that's the big the big thing we're going to be seeing in Rhode Island. I, I we're, we're just like the uh, I think we're going to have a media. We're already having a media crisis on, on in that regard. But the idea that the, you can't talk about this that that there's there's just no way to discuss what's wrong because at the end of the day, what's wrong is well really comes down to two things, partly the progressive politics where with the equity and the identity politics and all that, but also the labor unions and the way they've, they've constrained the way we can respond to things. And those are two, the two third rails in Rhode Island. You just can't, you can't say anything negative about them. It's just not allowed. And so we can't fix the actual problems that we have. And that's, I think that's the, that's the major takeaway. We're seeing big, big cracks in the wall. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Politics this week. Justin Katz, Manager Getter, AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider, 401 421-0200, 521-0200, remember online at henryoil.com, go with the original, go with the best, it's Henry Oil. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, a segment is politics this week. Justin, I want to stay with the Dr. Scott, uh, Governor McKee, get your thoughts on, uh, you know, uh, for, for one, Several of his Democrat opponents, uh, Nelly Gorbea, I think Magazine and so forth, they were taking shots at him. Uh, the media, to me, they, they were just, you know, enthralled uh, by Dr. Scott. It's, it's like as if she could do no wrong, which I think is a mistake. But um, I, I, you know, I want to get you, I think it's fair game. Someone, I, I asked someone connected with the Republican Party, they said, no, you know, you don't want to get politics involved. I said, listen, when Governor McKee, and it started with Raimondo, when you're on television, she was on television every day when he does this and, you know, you, you got to speak into the mic and then he's got the whole staff up there. And th- he made it political when he stands there with Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor, and he's wedged between her and Dr. Scott. He's making it political. So in my my mind, it's absolutely OK to criticize him and take shots at him because he, he's he. But, but you can't just say, well, you don't want to do that. That's politics. By its design, when they started all these COVID briefings and it's on, although I noticed on Wednesday morning, it was not on television. So they, they've kind of dropped him from that. And now it just falls to Facebook live. But, um, but your your thought on that, I think he's totally fair game in their criticism of him. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I, I don't get the it don't you don't want to make it political. It's political. <clears throat> if you don't want to make it political, get government out of it. I mean, that's right. the, if, if you don't want it to be political, let's have a free market system. You know, that's that's you know, that's the way you don't you make it non-political when government is running. It has to be political. This is how it works. People, you, you know, you just, when when your governor is messing things up. Even if it's something of critical importance to us all, it has to be political. If it's a pandemic, if it's an international war, if whatever it is, it's political. It has to be political. That's how we make decisions and how we pick new directions. So the whole thing, the whole idea of, well, we don't want to make it political. To me, that's that's just another left-wing talking point uh, to help out when the Democrats are flubbing it. Oh, don't make it political that we don't know what we're doing. You know, I think that's how it sounds to me when, when, that, when that comes forward. And I think that's a big, another big mistake. We're just thematically, we've all been kind of led down this wrong path to make, oh, well, well that put politics shouldn't enter into this. Look, the governor is an elected official. 
doing this. It's political by definition. Make it political. Be clear about the fact that it's political and then move forward with a better policy if you've got one. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, and, and something else, and it, it's kind of akin to what we're talking about, but I stumbled upon, you know, one of those threads, all these people are weighing in that the comment was they were, it was a bunch of obviously like Democrats, progressives, but they were wondering why the theme of it was kind of like, what was your theory they were saying on why Kamala Harris, the vice president, seemed to be struggling? And and one person was saying, well, it's because the media attacking her and someone else saying, oh, that's just Biden's not giving her enough. And then someone actually put, well, maybe she wasn't the right person for the job. And then boom, it like comes down like that's never even broached. I, I will say this. And again, these are my words. You have to go back to maybe that's someone who that person was right. Maybe she shouldn't have been chosen. Maybe she wasn't qualified. Maybe she doesn't have the right temperament to be vice president. Let's go back to how Biden made his decision on the campaign trail when he was a candidate uh, in in 2020 in in the wintertime of those debate stages. He said he was going to choose a female for his vice president after George Floyd and what happened in the summer of 2020. He said he was going to choose someone of color. That's how you ended up with Kamala Harris. It, it, it was not as if she, you know, I, I don't know who else they were considering. But, you know, when you start to, as we were talking about, if, if the pick is all just about kind of what the way Governor McKee did Sabina Matos is, how can I appeal to this? We're going to make a strong statement. I'm going to have female. I'm going to have a female Latina or of color. Then when they struggle or if they're not successful, that they should not be surprised. Now, speaking of that, I thought of you as soon as I saw this, because a year ago, and I'm talking about an interview with the Boston Globe, it was on their podcast of State Senator Tierra Mack, who is openly gay, um, uh, L, L, uh, BLM member. And last year, when there was some controversy about Channel 10, about she was striking a fierce pose. She struck a pose with two others. One of them's now running for Lieutenant Governor that's Cynthia Mendez. But in the aftermath of that, all this criticism, she basically did an interview saying, listen, I'm a young um, a black female. I'm also openly gay. I this should never be a negative story about me. And, and Justin, her wish is coming true. That Ed Fitzpatrick piece written about her in the podcast. Um, this is someone and I want to hear your thought, but she you know, puts out on Twitter, you know, I blanking love abortion. And the racist comments that she makes and, you know, she wants to defund the police and, you know, lives in Providence that had record number of murders this year. And instead, it just becomes on tax cuts and or, or higher taxes, legalizing marijuana. And what's your favorite donut? And I heard you play rugby. <laughs> yeah yeah how did right? you learn from rugby yeah yes. it's, it's 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 crazy and i think you're it goes back to the to kamala harris i think and the, the and also to to nicole alexander scott it's as if there's qualifications to do a job does not matter it's 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 almost like the perfect the, com the completion of this progressive idea that everything is relative and there is no reality right there's it doesn't matter who you are, what you've ever done. You can be president of the United States if you fit the right profile and you you are you say progressive things. Whether you're qualified just comes off the table, and we're all supposed to pretend that the fact that an unqualified person is doing a bad job. We're supposed to pretend that, that there's there's no connection there, as if it's just what just they're fight, they're fighting against the face. But I I, I agree with with Tierra Mac. There's just you know the I'm I'm sure you've come across the. Uh, it's a public access show, State of the State, and I run their episodes on, on Anchor Rising just to give them some, some promotion because they do good work. And their host, Richard August, had Harrison Tuttle of Black Lives Matter on there a few weeks ago. And he actually, I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was very professional, uh, August was, and, and not hostile, but he asked Tuttle questions about, you know, illegal immigration, you know, that voting and all that kind of stuff. And it was so, it was so refreshing just yeah. to see a journalist ask questions. You've said this. Your organization has said this. What do you think about the Black Lives Matter lady who has mansions in California? You know, that kind of thing. You just don't get with these journalists. And Tierra Mac is a huge, huge beneficiary of this. I mean, just the, the idea that you wouldn't imagine reversing the roles. And well, first of all, the Boston Globe would never profile a comparable Republican, you know, a very conservative mega Republican in the way they did Tierra Mac. But but imagine they did and they had tweeted stuff like uh, my my bar. Well, well, she said my 
my bar is always high for white people and now it's got higher, you know, that kind of stuff. Just I, the idea that that wouldn't even be a question. And then even the ones that say they give her just prove how how kind of low the standard is she's out there the big controversy was her i mean not the big con- the, the headline was kind of her taking on senate president ruggiero about raising taxes on on the highest income bracket in rhode island and she's just it's not even it used to be you know i disagree with the studies i don't think people will leave if you if you raise taxes on them and that kind of stuff that used to be the level of conversation now it's you know it's a failure of leadership not to acknowledge the research and there's no follow-up to say okay what's the research that so obviously shows that rich people won't leave the state if you increase their taxes by 50 percent you know that i'm just i the the idea that they're not even asking this kind of stuff it just goes right back to the conversation about nicole alexander scott just there's no there's there's no accountability there's no no reality that that somebody who's in a public position ought to be held to a standard where they you know at least will will cite data you know won't insult people because of their race i just the the, the contrast to the way say patricia morgan or, or republicans oh or, or anybody else oh. it's just it's just it's just shocking it's, it really is and it's it it, it shows you to the, we've reached the point where it's it's all it's it's just a game to them really it's almost as if as if senate is just a big reality tv state senate is just a reality tv show or something it really doesn't matter if you've got somebody who has no idea how to craft policy or what the effects of her policies might be that doesn't matter because it's all just it's all just who gets voted off out of the senate in the next election it's not whether whether they're setting policies and you know that's that's really really a problem we see it in our hospital situation you see it in even petty stuff somebody said to my said to my wife the other day coming up coming back from picking up a dunkin donuts like they're not going to give me straws anymore yeah that's a law they passed in the middle of a pandemic where you have to ask for a plastic straw that's what's important for them and that that's the idea we're just not taking taking government seriously which is you know that's a big problem in itself but it's really a big problem when your whole area your politicians your progressives your journalists when their whole idea their whole concept of government is to make it do more to make it bigger well okay run with that ball if you really want to and you've got the votes but shouldn't it be doing a good job shouldn't you be holding it even more accountable because you want more of it it's just such a a mind-blowing thing and in that regard you'd you'd think they'd be panicking these people like Tierra Mac they're going to make us look bad they're going to show prove that we can't do anything Kamala Harris she can't Joe Biden for that matter these people aren't able to do the jobs they're given no. they show no competency for it Zero. you think the people who support big government would be most worried about that but instead they just they pretend it doesn't matter it's crazy yeah I want to come back to and before we take a break you you raised a good point though what you and I and everyone else, if, if everyone really want to be honest, even listen, I, Ed Fitzpatrick, I mean, I don't really see him talk to or anything like that. But the, the notion is, is, you know, it's preposterous is that he they would actually do a story that she felt was negative or somehow highlighted in a bad light. And that's a problem. I'm not saying you got to be confrontational. I'm not saying you got to do a, a hit piece. But if you're going to mention, hey, I saw in your Twitter profile that you're a donut lover and a rugby player. Well, you've already opened up the door then about her Twitter. If you go down, she has some pretty provocative things there that at the very least could have been about, you know, she, you know, why do you think voter ID is racist? Why do you think, why do you say you blanking love abortion so much? I mean, at least let her answer the question as opposed to, now personally, I, I don't really care about where she gets donuts and I don't care what she does outside of that. To me, the the whole purpose of it is the, you know, to, to highlight her views. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, our segment politics this week, right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, 
even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, the, the other person I want to mention, I recognize a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know, <clears throat> but that Helena, now it's Helena Bonanno, folks, because it was just Helena, folks. She fired a first campaign manager. She announced three months ago, and the campaign obviously has gone nowhere, and they had her in a green sweater, so now she's got a new campaign manager. She emerges in a blue jacket, so get it, blue state, blue jacket. She's kind of, I guess, Glenn Youngkin was wearing the red vest. But she did a video that it, it, it is just beyond me that if she's actually paying people, they let that put it up. Rhode Island doesn't have voting rights. We have to fight for voting rights in Rhode Island. It seemed rushed. She's clearly reading. It's so void of reality. Voting is sacred, so we have to flood the, the state with mail ballots. Helena Bonanno, folks, excuse me, who was the former CBS executive. The state is controlled by – you're running as a Democrat. By Democrats. Gina Raimondo, your friend, your – whatever, role model running for office. She, she was the governor. Gorbay is the second. What do you mean Rhode Island's under attack with our voting rights? I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, that voting rights video that she cut. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, of, of course, it's not a it's it's not an issue from my perspective. And so I from that regard, I don't know why she picked it. But just for herself, as you as you just mentioned, you're running against the secretary of state who's who's very much into expanding access beyond what it ought to be, in my view, to yeah. the ballot. So it's, I don't know what crowd she's trying to grab with, with that message. I mean, when you're sitting there and you're looking at a field of field of candidates and your, your own competences and your own reputation, and you're trying to pick a message, I'm going to go big with something on a video. Why would you pick up? I can't even think of a reason. As cynical as I am, I can't even think of a reason. And the thing that really struck me, I, I think you, you make really great, great observations about the uh, her wardrobe and uh, the, you know, it was very, very they flush video. They really made it sat color saturated. Oh, yeah. Um, and so either either it was a camera trick or she was wearing a ton of makeup or whatever. But what, what the thing that I think struck me most, and I don't know whether it's fair or not, was she made me think of Lincoln Chafee with yes. the hand gestures. Yeah. Where it was like it was as if she's reading her script, which is fine. OK, you know, she's not a politician. You can make that work. But it was as if she said, you know, I'm going to do this raise hand. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Point that's, finger. I mean, that's exactly what Chafee used to do. And it, yes, it looked exactly right. like that. And, and even when she started talking about, I think it was her, her father or her uncle did something. And it was almost like she read in a script, smile. <laughs> she, she paused and gave a smile. It was just so, so poorly done. And the issue is so poorly chosen. I don't know what she thinks her, her path is here. That speech, but that bombed in you know what? I, I guess if, if anyone running for office starts mentioning Roger Williams, and so on, to me, it's like it's over because no one talks that way. No one thinks that way. Or as you say, who are you appealing to? And if, if, if I want to see her get up and attack a bear on stage during debate and, and say, in fact, that, that she, you know, that we, you can't vote enough. If anything, our vote, she's about to find out, by the way, this Helena folks. So the first manager lasted three months. Let's see how the. The second one uh, goes. Now, Justin, also, there was some controversy last week where uh, Bob Walsh, head of NEA Rhode Island, stepped forward. Oh, we got to go to distance learning. Now, <clears throat> anyone that knows the way it operates, this was all based on the fact that but the public school teachers now, they use this weekend, Martin Luther King weekend, as then they also take off Friday. And then, you know, they also take off sometimes on Thursday. So <clears throat> he just suddenly announces, you know, oh, it's not working. We got to go to remote learning. Um, it, it is just, you know, th this is the problem. He's they were they were given. Never mind the Providence teachers were given that money, uh, all the money that they pumped into the schools. And uh, again, 
by and large, he is treated with kid gloves by the local media. Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw he was on a on one of the WPR hosts. WPRO host talking about you know education policy and you know it wasn't that long ago when when I was on one of those shows and the host said you know it, Bob Walsh was having health troubles at the time 12 15 years ago and he, you know I, I wish him the best but the guy you know when it comes to education he's like the devil and that was the attitude 12 15 years ago it's completely gone as if he's some kind of health expert I I do do see the I think people are just getting so cynical about, uh, you know, that, oh yeah, the head of the union came out and wants wants the teachers to be able to work from home again. You know, I, I just I think that's that's not going to fly. And frankly, I I think a lot of people, you know, oh oh, we'll just do it for one week. I think that's that's gone too. You know, it was two weeks to flatten the curve. It was it was a thirty day emergency order. The, those rules roles, rules never have any application and so you know again if, if the news media were doing their job anymore that would be the kind of thing they'd be saying you know well all right is this just a way to get an extended vacation how can we trust that you're you only want this for a week when everything else has turned into so long but they're That's all right. just in the same boat not as a, not on COVID especially because they all agree they're all panicked and all all think the most the most restrictive policy is by default the best one but the i think we're we're past the point where it's it's credible to be using somebody like that as an education expert uh and 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 even using it as seeing it as anything more than just a a labor union hack doing what he thinks he wants to do to to please his members and i and i but you know i think there's probably more than that to it though because the nea national education association of rhode island and bob walsh in particular they are uh, to me, their their main mission is progressive politics. They're behind yes. every progressive policy. Whenever there's some progressive group on a social issue or any issue, they're funding it with their teacher teacher dues packs, uh, teachers pack dues, and so that that's all part of him. And if you watch on, on the social media, especially the progressives are just they can't believe there's any resistance to shutting down and mandates. I mean, you, right. we see it in Providence. Sam, Sam Bell, the progressive senator, just can't believe that any politicians in Providence might push back on the, on the mayor for potentially firing 80 police because they won't get vaccinated. I mean, that's how dare they all not get vaccinated. We just fire them all, whatever. And, and I think that's part of it, too. I, I and that ought to be part of the conversation when you have somebody like Bob Walsh on there. You guys are progressive. Is this just part of your progressive push to impose restrictions or is this really a, a health consideration? What about and hey, by the way, what about the collapsing ed scores on children on standardized tests because of the remote learning? Nobody asks these questions. It's just it's we're not represented. It's it's crazy. It is. And you mentioned Sam Bell. Um, and I'll, I'll just say this. Listen, you know, he was making a big deal. How dare they uh, want to meet in person? And, and again, I'm sensitive. He has a child that apparently is not doing well or struggling is sick. But it's it's that, you know, listen, that's that's your problem. That's not everybody else's problem. These people all operate. If, if you know, this goes along the lines that if there's 100 people and and one person doesn't like a joke, then the other 99 can, cannot. So you're going to have. The state Senate's going to meet and apparently, and I don't know all the details, but it was out there on social media. He has a child that has some kind of a health difficulty. He was basically saying Senate leadership is selfish for not meeting remotely because he has this problem with the child. You, you, then you make the decision. Then, then you make provisions. You don't make everybody else, but that's how they operate. You know, if there's one person, it has to affect the entire group as opposed to all right, I need. I guess I need to figure something out. Um, I want to, uh, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz. Justin, what is your thought on? Um, it was floated out there, and I don't know how serious it is, but that Cranston Mayor Ken Hopkins is taking a look at, at running for governor as a Republican. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it goes back to my my constant refrain. You know, the Republican Party has so many vacancies in in campaigns, you can't let that distract from a, from a longer term strategy. And so he's a year now in office. You know what? Stay there. <laughs> do show what you can do and move on. Don't jump in just because there's an open, an open seat. I think that's, that's a big problem among 
uh, on the right in Rhode Island. Just, there's just, there's so much, it's so easy to flow all the way to the top. And I think that's why I think Blake Filippi made the right decision to stay and hit, stay where he is. Uh, and I, th- but I think that's, you know, prove what you can do in office for a, a term. You know, otherwise, at the very least, you open yourself up to accusations that, oh, I guess you didn't really want to be mayor. Right. right. I mean, you're just and I think that's part of the problem. You get there and you, everybody starts everything's so urgent and the news media makes it seem like there's got to be there's a big opening here. And I think people get this this sense that if I don't jump now, the opportunity may not come again. And you know, honestly, I don't I don't know that the opportunity is so, so great right now. So I, I think that's that's really what it what it comes down to, I think. And I th- he has emphasized it's only, he's only asking the question, which is fine, but right. you know, somebody, somebody's floating it. it out there that he's, he's potentially interested. It's pretty dramatic though. The two States side by side. I mean, Charlie Baker two term and you know, he, he seemingly with his approval ratings could run for a third term for Massachusetts governor and Rhode Island is trying to run on, or, you know, they may be looking at uh, someone who's been mayor for one year who might be looking at it. And finally, uh, Justin Katz. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. Yes, um, <clears throat> over the weekend, Glenn Youngkin, governor of Virginia, was sworn in. And I want people to understand this is not a foreign country. This is not 5,000 miles away. Uh, Virginia's driving distance. He stepped up. He's the new Republican governor. He beat off Terry McAuliffe. And what did he announce with executive orders? You think of the executive orders that Governor McKee does. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, Governor Youngkin, who I think has a very bright future in politics, possibly someday a presidential run, but through executive order, critical race theory is banned from schools. Kids are not going to wear masks. He's already vowing he's going to lower taxes. Justin, I, I think people really need to look at just just what an outlier we are with, as I said, think of the executive orders that Governor McKee is saying. If, if someone proposed... If I stood up at a press briefing, which I'm tempted to do, and asked Governor McKee, you know, would you consider this through executive order? I, I, I think I'd be laughed out of the room. And it, the problem is the joke is on us that, that we have someone who wouldn't even consider that. And Virginia has a brand new governor that just signed it into law through executive order. Well, I, I think a big part of it is, is what we've been talking about this entire conversation. The, the, we are governed from within the bubble. Right. Yes. We're, we're governed with I mean, if you look at, say, the Washington Post coverage of Yonkin, it's it's, you know, he his divisive executive orders. Look, the guy came in, did some executive orders. Nobody's called it divisive when Biden came in and did what, dozens and dozens of them that were highly ideological and, and commented that he didn't even know what he was signing. I mean, that was not a big deal. But this is the divisive governor. They make a big deal out of the fact that he he doesn't have any political experience, you know, all this stuff. But. In Virginia, at least, you you can see that there's a there's a public out there who isn't in the bubble. But I th- I think that's the issue we have here. Things just don't get reported, and so the the falseness of their bubble <laughs> becomes the reality. And it's it's really it, it it does make us an outlier. It's just we're we're so far gone. And even if McKee wanted to, um, the, you you would really have to have a lot of spine to stand up in the face of, of that, that whole bubble. And I think that's, so I'm, what I'm hoping for in, in Youngkin is that he, he is able, he proves able to do the job, gets the stuff done. It was, it was hilarious a few weeks ago when there was, you know, huge snowstorm issues and people trapped on the highway and the progressives were all taking to social media to talk about how terrible a job Yunkin was doing. He's not even in office. Yeah, I haven't been so, yet. You're right. <laughs> so I, I hope he, I, I hope he gets in there and proves like we've been talking about, you know, all the, it's almost like the, the Democrats and the progressives, whether you can do the job is not even secondary. It's like oh. the third, fourth or fifth consideration. So if he comes in there and knocks it out of the park while also doing what he promised to do. I mean, that's, that would be, we, I mean, a lot of people have been t- talking about how he sort of split the difference with Donald Trump, you know, not, he stood up to the, the, the establishment, but without the, the angry tweets and all that stuff. If he can, if he can also make things work in Virginia, I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're looking at somebody with a, a very bright political future. Yeah. Folks, again, uh, our segment is politics this week. It is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com. Justin, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Always my pleasure. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24 emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 
732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago. Our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Check out the website, depietro.com. We have original, unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetro.com depetro.com attention all business owners contact karen etchels at innovast digital marketing for a free consultation you can call her at 401 321 2799 you can also find her right on my website dipetro.com i work with karen she wants to work with you she can help you create content whether it's website designer branding consultant and also social media manager get the most out of your social media with karen etchels innovast digital marketing call our free consultation 401-321-2799 and if you log right on the website to petro.com, you'll see the link free consultation in digital marketing 401-321-2799. Listening to the John DePetro show folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now is uh, Dr. Rob Harrison. And we've been having a series of conversations with Dr. Rob and Dr. Rob. Listen, January can be a tough month, let alone what's going on with the pandemic with the fact that covid is so strong um people can get a little bit of the winter blues and this is a time that you've also put forward that there are certain ways that people can look for some warning signs that someone could be really struggling yeah it's it's really important to to reach out to people that you uh notice maybe acting a little bit differently maybe uh who tend to be isolating themselves not involved in anything um those are um, could be not all necessarily all, but could be signs that somebody's really struggling uh, with uh, anxiety, or depression, or um, or just uh, the circumstances of all around them. Um, and anyone can try to help with those those people by just saying, "Hey, what's going on? Let's talk." Um, but also being aware uh, that someone may be thinking of suicide, and i'll let you take it from there john well and folks you know you people hear a lot about the pandemic but there's there happens to be an epidemic of men and men over the age of 50 that for whatever reason are unhappy with their life and or feel they're in a place they can't get out of and they they take their own life and the reason we have on dr rob is if you're listening right now and whether it's a man or it may be your husband or your son or a, a grandfather or an uncle or a co-worker there is a program that certainly can help people identify when specifically men are dealing with some desperate thoughts. Yes, that's a program called Man Therapy. It's a the nice thing about it, it it's anonymous. Uh, a lot of men, because of the stigma, don't want to go to a therapist. They don't want to go even to their doctor sometimes. But they can go to this website. It's called mantherapy.org. Uh, that is, uh, first place, it's very humorous and really attracts a lot of uh, men. But it also has a ton of resources. It helps people to figure out what's really going on in their life. Um, there's a 20-point head inspection that would be very helpful for men to decide if they're just feeling stressed or if they really might be suffering from depression or, or serious anxiety. 
So mantherapy.org is a great resource. Uh, anybody can go to it. It's uh, just, and nobody knows that you're doing it. And there's some tremendous uh, shared testimonies of people on that website who've uh, gotten help and found that, uh, that that makes a huge difference in their life. Folks, and I, I want you to understand, I was speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison, that afterwards, when someone, uh, a man, takes his own life, afterwards, there's there's so much second-guessing that's unfairly that goes on with the family, with friends. We didn't know. We wish we had known. This is a way to be proactive. And also, Dr. Rob, you know, let's, let's recognize this is not the happiest subject. It's not the easiest subject. But someone listening right now, by doing that, and then also finding out more about signs to look for. People like to think that if, if someone were drowning, that they would be able to swim and pull them to shore. This is a way to do that and help the person identify and then hopefully get them on the path to getting them the help that they need. That's right, John. And um, there's, there are free trainings that anyone can take. Uh, I offer a 90-minute uh, training called uh, QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer, uh, suicide prevention training that is for, open to any adult over the age of 17 uh, that will teach you the warning signs to look for and help you to learn how to ask the question directly and then persuade them to let you help them get some help, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, not as a professional, but to me, we really need to have a wide safety net of our neighbors and friends and, and relatives and coworkers to uh, recognize that someone may be struggling and be able to help them. And folks, this is something we've been, you heard us uh, talking about during the course of the fall, and we're going to continue it because, Dr. Rob, you know, people shouldn't feel, number one, they're not alone. Number two, let's face it, these are very challenging times that we're dealing with. People need, if, if you break your ankle, you go to the doctor, get it fixed. If your car's not running right, you bring it to a mechanic. People should not, they have to get rid of the stigma that is attached to some form of depression or mental illness or just people that for some reason there's re things that are happening that they're having these suicidal thoughts but there are things they can do and mantherapy.org is is the a good way to start it is a great way to start it does have local resources listed on their website also so you can get help locally you can also go to healthybodieshealthyminds.org which has a lot of the uh, training uh schedules on it so you can get help there too and as dr rob knows i had a friend that was uh, just found himself in a desperate place the last in uh, june of 2021 he felt he had no options and he took his own life and this this holiday season was with thanksgiving and christmas his family had to go through it without him and everyone says the same thing they wish they had known they missed him they wish they had seen some of the warning signs folks this is your opportunity dr rob i want to thank you we've um we started this back in the fall we're going to continue to do it thank you for your vision dedication to this happy new year to you and we're going to do keep talking again thanks john i appreciate the opportunity and the best to you and to everyone listening stop in and see my friends at end zone sports pub 960 menden road in cumberland football playoffs are here it's a great crowd surround sound stop in see dana and everyone's always a friendly enthusiastic crowd at end zone sports pub 960 menden road in cumberland bring some friends make some new ones i'll see you end zone sports pub 960 menden road in cumberland